Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerd. My name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? I am only your classic nerd. And I'm V.A. McCombock nerd. Before we go into our conversation, I have to take a moment and give a quick birthday shout-out to the new love of my life. Amir. Yes. Happy birthday to him. That hook-nosed bastard. I love you. That's really mean. Well, I mean, he's got a hook nose. I can't. Uh, I don't think he's got a hook nose. It's a big one. He's a normal Middle Eastern nose. No, and he's, the rest of us. It's a big nose, dude. Like it actually hooks, like it goes at an angle. Kind of going at an angle. Does, he's making shit up. Doesn't that whole big? He's making shit up. Like, a, like a hooks upward or hooks downward, like a troll. Hooks downward, like a troll. It doesn't oh. do either of those. It does. It does. It does. He's got a normal nose. It doesn't. That this is like exaggerating. You ever from... seen Ariel Helwani? Oop. Yeah, yeah, the MMA reporter. That's how that's how no, his nose is. No, Helwani's no, no. nose doesn't hook like a troll's. Helwani's famous a, for his nose. I mean, he he's got a good he's got a good classical Middle Eastern well, nose. I don't understand schnoz. why you're saying happy birthday and insulting him at the same time. Because you can't like you know like be like put him up all the way here without bringing him down. Yeah, you keep you, him your level. understanding of love is a broken you gotta, one. You got to keep I him level. I feel sorry for whoever marries you. Well, he was thinking about buying you a Hello Kitty T-shirt right now. Who me? Yeah. What for? For, for what? like your your graduation present. I'd wear a Hello Kitty, Kitty he said, t-shirt he for, said, like, for like a pajama or something. He shirt. said, would Ali wear a Hello Kitty t-shirt? I said, yes. Yes, he would. Get him. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, it's not the most obvious choice for me. I mean, it's very kind. You shouldn't buy me anything, to be honest yeah. with you. But uh, I'd wear a Hello Kitty like to bed, not out, like, yeah. not out in public. Yeah. He's out in uh, Japan right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. I just saw his, I should probably Instagram uh, message him. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. Yeah. I saw him. I saw his. Uh, he was Text in. Text him. His iMessages work. Oh, does it? He yeah. was in the. Uh, I, he was in one of those pod hotels. Yes, he was in a pod hotel. He's been interesting. He's been exploring. He went to China. He did go to China. He went to like the that district where they make everything. It's supposedly yeah. it's like a six sixty four square mile radius or where some shit. Everything. Yeah, or it's just like filled with like all sorts I'm, of different I'm, things. I'm, I'd like to go to China once the government. False. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you think your social score in China would be if you were to ever live there? I don't know. That's the thing that they do. Like the the, the whole. Sc- well, I mean, G, uh, well, they, I yeah, think like, uh, as a brown man, it wouldn't be too high because oh. they're you know you're they a brown dude. Yeah, they don't, don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, China's pretty fucking racist. Mm-hmm. But I think I make up for it for having a PhD. Really? That is true, but you don't you don't think Islam will put you in any any trouble? Yeah, I think there? The, the Islam might. Yeah, but you're not a Uyghur. I'm a Uyghur. 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 I thought it was Uyghur. Oh, a Uyghur. No, it's not you. It's all about we. We. Oh, interesting. Uyghur. It's not about you. Does but he also we. he was in Japan. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm fascinated. I would love to go to Japan. He okay. said he he was texting me today. He said, he said he said I think Ali would be in heaven in Japan. The people here are super nice and polite. And he's like, and they have a convenience for like for everything. That's the thing that I like about <laughs> Japan is like, can, is the like Uber convenience because you know I'm a big fan of Uber convenience, yeah. right? Like <laughs> the the Marxist in me and the the, the <laughs> person that likes convenience really clashes on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, and but like there's a part of me that like just like the like the fact even their their vending machines. Yeah, yes. they have everything. He's yeah. in Osaka right now. Um, but he's having a great time. He'll be back on July 4th on America's birthday. Oh, welcome yeah. back. I'm, well, it's, happy to hear that. Yeah, she's Good, happy birthday with you and your banana nose. And, yes. uh, okay, you can know. we stop insulting this guy's nose? Well, I, li- I like Amir. He's I see, a nice I don't, guy. See, because I, I didn't... I don't know about his nose. I've his never nose noticed is a normal it. nose. Okay. It's a, it's not. This is like I, this is one of those like, moments where... Where 
People are going to think you people are insane once they see Amir's nose. Because he's just a normal guy. It's big. It's really big. You guys are over-exaggerating. I don't remember being big, but I've only seen him like twice. Yeah. He's tall, though. He is tall. So it covers it. His height covers his nose. Do, if he was my not, height, that's not, I, with the nose like that. There's no, there's no <laughs> height and nose ratio. How big, is that? How big is the right angle between the nose and the rest of his body? You know, the problem I'm is... Gonna, I'm vetoing this conversation. <laughs> You're giving the guy a complex for no reason. He already has a complex. He's a nice guy. Good-looking guy. <laughs> Good looking. You find a nice wife in Japan. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. Inscrutable yeah. and fastidious people. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Whoa. What did he just say? An inscrutable race, those Orientals. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate when they say it's inscrutable. Inscrutable. <laughs> it's still racist, right? Inscrutable yeah. means you can't tell what they're thinking or what they're feeling, right? Oh like they're mysterious. Yeah. It's, a, it's very clearly a phenomenological. Like, like they're talking about like the f- actual look of somebody, right? <laughs> they don't have European features, so you can't tell what they're thinking. It's <laughs> a racist piece of shit. Oh, you see, as someone who people is, used to say that as like a compliment, though. That's and true. Crudible people, though. and it's the kind the of Asians. ridiculous when you think about it, right? Because I'm such a bastion of emotions that, oh yeah, you know, like people You're can tell what I'm thinking. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people can always tell what I'm thinking. Way to break stereotypes, V. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm all about. You fucking, you don't even drive like you don't you. Well, you don't drive like one of those rice rockets, right? Okay, don't call. Okay, don't say that. Don't call them that. The that's car. A, the car. No, that's a. <laughs> Offensive. I know that you're what talking you about a car. Yeah, like, I what do you think he thought it? I don't know, know man. What you're about, but it's still offensive to call it that. Why? Because it's a Japanese-made car. You don't it's call a rocket it, ship. No, rice no. Rocket. Don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I said, don't say it. You don't eat rice in other places other than Asia, including right? Including our country, yeah. we eat rice probably more than we're also Japan. Asian. Yeah, sort of. Like West Asia, Central Asia. They eat rice in South America. They eat rice everywhere. But they don't make cars. I mean, I'm sure they do. Not like big manufacturers. I don't know a Toyota of like Venezuela. What's the yeah, Venezuela? Okay, it doesn't Toyota? matter. Still don't call <laughs> yeah. it a race you racist piece of shit. Whatever. You you don't drive one of those souped up Honda Civics. You drive a regular Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Yeah, it's not souped up. Is yeah. what you, all that, all the racism aside, what he was trying to say is that your car isn't souped up. Yeah. Jesus Christ, did. And you're a fairly decent driver. No, he's not. I'm not. No. He's okay. a very slow driver. He's a he's a grandpa. Uh, yeah, a I, grandpa. I don't pay attention. He's not a to bad that. driver in the sense like he's not like fairly decent. <laughs> he's not causing accidents. This man is a slow driver. Because you followed me before, like we've driven place, and like I'll be, <laughs> be a mile away and I'll still see yeah. me just like turning. Yeah, to be fair, you know I'm not. It's it's I'm only slow because I'm on my phone the whole time. Mm. Texting. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. He listens to podcasts. That's the other thing. Yeah, no, dude. I my phone's on no go when I'm in the car. I don't like. I can't do it. It's mm-hmm. weird. I don't like you guys texting me. I mean, I don't know. You're an all right driver. You're not that good of a driver yourself, but you're not a bad driver. I'm a good driver. I'm not a good driver. I'm a good driver. Very open about it. You I'm know, I driver. think like, but you know, in terms of driving ability, we're like a California six, but in other places, like I think that's, yeah, like that's, that's one of those things. And like, the, I mean, I'm talking about other countries. I'm just talking about the United States in general. Oh no, we're shit drivers in Virginia. Yeah. Like, the drivers there are fucking aggressive as fuck. Yellow light means ten more cars can go. Red light means New three York more is cars. Pretty aggressive go. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, large places with like large international communities, right? So mm-hmm. D.C., New York, you start to get the the world a taste of the world driving, right? Because mm. Europe. Right, I mean, especially Southern Europe, you know, yeah. it, the Mediterranean, Italy, Greece. Yeah, but all of a sudden, all road rules are suggestions. Yeah, those people. They, I mean, they just, you know, they they love living that dangerous life. 
I remember being on a bus and oh, they're yeah. like that bus like half the bus is going off the side of a cliff and shit while these guys yeah, this are making was, turns like, I, told, I, I said this I told a similar story as I, I think we were in Crete mm. and this guy was going no it was uh, Maldonia no I think it was Crete the Maldives anyways it was one of the it was one of the Cyclades right anyways yeah. he the way he was driving uh, giant ass butt tour bus right mm-hmm. And there's the 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 lane is just large enough for the bus to fit. Yeah. But as he would turn, I could see because there's no rails there. That's yeah. the other thing. As he turned on this giant ass fucking mountain, I could see straight down. I know, like there was no ground like, under the under the, was, under the bus. Like there was no edge. There was no cliff. Mm. There was just like, I saw the I saw my life flash before my life. I'm like. I'm I'm 20. I'm gonna die. I th- how old was I? I think I was 19. This is why I stay in America. Yeah, the driving overseas is insane. Yeah. Uh, Afghanistan was bad. I heard Afghanistan's here. horrible, horrible driving. Terrible driving. Dreadful driving. There's no lights. There's no. Well, there are lights. Like but no, no, one, no one pays I attention. I know though. Afghanistan was a, a terrible place for driving. Mm-hmm. When we reached a roundabout. And my uncle went in between the roundabout. So, <laughs> so you know, here's the roundabout. There's a circle, right? Yes, yes. And the light, there's like this little light that where the pole is and a space between the circle in the middle uh-huh. and the light. You're supposed to go around in a circle like yes. this. Yeah. He, everyone's following. He literally just went. <laughs> <laughs> he, he cut the circle. Interesting. He cut the circle like in, in, in diagonal. And I just went, yeah. okay, this is not... This is not okay. I think it's just proof that society really is a lie when you think about it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, Wait, it's a reminder that society yeah. is social, a lie. Social laws and whatnot, these are things that were disciplined as a child. Yeah. And, and they don't exist internationally or globally or naturally. We've just, we're just very docile, Americans yeah. are. Very yeah. docile. You, under, you know, you understand a lot of things about that, right? And uh, I have, as someone who's driven a lot of, through a lot of states and through a lot of countries for doing, doing conventions and everything, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you know, I have to drive a U-Haul a lot of the time and that's even worse because you're in a giant. I didn't know they made you drive shit. a U-Haul. Yeah, so I drive a U-Haul, yeah. right? So like, yeah, so I'm driving U-Hauls all over Tell the world. Tell us when you're in a state so that I can avoid it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're not going to LA this weekend. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were driving an actual U-Haul. That's, first of all, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's cool because I, you know, because it is, I do drive a Corolla, so I'm kind of low to the ground. So yeah. being on that U-Haul makes <laughs> me feel powerful. You, you know, probably like, uh, caused quite a bit. I actually, you know, it's really funny. I, uh, I, 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 hit, I hit a mail truck in Boston once. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is yeah. the Statue of Limitations in Boston, uh, like, well, what are they going to do? Fight, like, issue a, a warrant for his arrest from Boston? No, yeah. man. Omar Aziz listens to this podcast and he's a snitch. Well, he might stuff. snitch on you, it's bro. Like, insulting people you know it's don't fun. use this <laughs> podcast to bully people is what Why i'm not? trying to say because it's really it's, you gotta I'm like stop. a cop bro you give them power dear lord okay but anyway so, right so you, you, i want to hear this story actually yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if i should tell it yeah, tell no, well, okay, it's actually not that bad of a story did you re-rend it no so okay so what happened was it was i was in boston for doing an anime show right and like i had and it was supposed to be a two-person show but they only sent me because they wanted to save money so like i you know they that had was me, their mistake like we run you to u-haul and everything so I went and got the U-Haul. I went to the FedEx. And the thing is, it like just snowed in Boston. So like there was mountains oh, of snow. right. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I, and you know, the parking, the U-Haul or the FedEx that I went to grab my boxes from, which is like 30 of them, I was trying to park in front of the FedEx, uh-huh. right? You had to kind of parallel in, but it's kind of hard because the, there was cars parked in front of it and the snow kind of blocks a lot of the way you can kind of gauge right. where you need to go. Yeah. So there was like a, yeah, there was like a mail truck right there. 
And there was enough space for the U-Haul, like just barely. I'm like, okay, you know what? I've been driving a circle, uh-huh. you know, a couple times now. I'm just going to try it and see what happens, right? And I didn't realize that the mounds of snow, like, made the sidewalk and the curb just kind of, <laughs> you know, like, it just, it made the, the range a lot different, yeah. right? So I, and I just, I like this mail, I just kind of sideswiped this like mail truck and I heard a, right? And I went, oh, fuck, right? That's a government vehicle. That's a government vehicle. Did you leave a note? No, well, what I did was I went, I left, I parked, right? And I walked to the mail truck, like, and I just sat there for like 30 seconds, kind of waiting for the mail guy to come out and tell him, right? And then. What happens? Like, okay, you know, I, I would tell him, I'll figure it out. I got the insurance for yeah. the U-Haul, you know, because the U-Haul like, damage at all? No, no, no okay, it, was it was fine, fine right? And like, and I was tank. like, okay, there's no problem. Like, and so I was like, I was with the mail truck. Him. How did the mail truck look? You know, okay, here's the thing. Okay, so the U-Haul was fine. Yeah, the U-Haul was fine, right? Anytime, yeah. Anytime you have to preface the story with, here's the thing, <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be bad. <laughs> so, it's about to go down. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? Now, there was blood. <laughs> If you were to put me in a D&D setting, right, I would probably put myself somewhere in the neutral range, Yeah. right, when it comes to alignment, right? That's when it a comes lie. Down to, right? That's a lie. Okay, fine. I'd put myself somewhere on the lawful evil range. Yeah, cause you were, you, we've been evil more than you've been neutral. Because you corrupt you know, piece at, of shit. At the end of the day, you know, I, I know I come off. As a very effervescent, positive, woke person, but in actuality, wow. in actuality, you know, I'm I'm a little bit cynical. I can be kind of sarcastic once in a while. Oh, you don't say, right? So I waited out for anyway. I waited. I waited for this damn. I, I was waiting for this damn mailman for yeah. thirty know, seconds. Thirty seconds to a minute, roughly, cool. right? Waiting no. for it, right? And then I kind of like you know, in that time where the mailman decided to be very non-observant. Mm. And you know, very quite frankly, careless about his work vehicle. Right, he was careless. Um, careless right? Yeah, he uh, he, you know, he never showed up. So you know, I glanced over to where I actually hit the mail truck, and there really wasn't a mark or anything. So I kind of looked around for a second to make sure no one was judging me. Oh, so there's no witnesses. Yeah, and then you left. And then I walked into the FedEx. And I started checking out boxes. Now, mind you, the whole time I was like looking at the mail thing while he was checking out the boxes to see if the mailman had noticed, yeah. right? And the mail guy just kind of hopped back in and left. So I was like, "All right, well, he didn't notice." So yeah. It doesn't matter. So I mean, why but the hell? Yeah, it is what it is. And then I went and took his parking space. Fucking felony hit and run. <laughs> that's a government vehicle I swear man you fucking vandalize government property you are a badass sir yeah, this is true see now this is uh, this is why you know I've been I've been called you know the, the generations protest you know I'm the, I'm the anti-government man in this podcast I'm yeah. so sure yeah. I'm so sure you know what's weird is like before you told me it was snowing I pictured you and like a tank top chewing sunflower seeds with like one arm out the window <laughs> driving this U-Haul like in a bright sunny day <laughs> just like full of resentment for everyone else on the mm. road throwing your spitting your seeds out at people <laughs> driving people off the road <laughs> yeah. that's how I picture well, it the, the mere thought that they even gave, they made you drive a U-Haul just tells me that they have no idea who you are yeah. <laughs> because like if they had asked me like, like who's gonna drive this U-Haul you would be in like the list of people I'd call upon to drive a big vehicle, you're you're down there okay, at the bottom. Of us three, who who's first in your list? To drive a big the vehicle, you. probably you. Okay, fair enough. 
Because you drive, you rel- you drive a lot. That's true. You drive a lot, so I think you'd be okay driving a. B- I mean, like you're not a good driver, but like I don't. I I'm would the best tr- driver of the three of the three of us. <laughs> the best driver. Yeah. This yeah. is the worst heist ever. Yeah, you like, know that? like yeah. to be honest with you, the three of us aren't good drivers. <laughs> yeah, we're shit. Look, so I'm not a bad driver. I just hate driving. Yes. And so as a result, that leads to me not being a particularly. Yeah. Careful driving. Anytime you and I go out places, like meet up with friends, I make you drive. You make me drive until we get to the restaurant and I have a drink or two, and then you're like, that's it, I'm driving. Yeah, because I'm not trusting you with my Audi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care how sober you are. I have have a worry that you're going to have like an alcoholic flashback or something. Mm. (laughs) Mid driving, suddenly you get drunk or something. So uh, I would trust you to drive uh, a U haul or whatever type of big car. Then I trust myself. (laughs) And then. Tran, you're last. No, I I try to find someone else before I ask Tran. Actually, let's leave the U haul. Leave it, and then if I had like no choice, like you have to pick, I'd be like, all right, be. First of all, this is racist as hell. Um, (laughs) Why we're all Asian? I trust you. I've driven with you in the car. I've gotten in the. So I trust you enough to drive me. That says something because I care about myself a lot. Just don't trust you if you got if you were given any type of like bigger vehicle than a Honda. Like if you drove a truck, I'd never get in your truck. I wouldn't drive a truck. I'm just saying, like, okay. let's say for a day, like you, you're, you're given a truck. I wouldn't get in a truck with you. Uh, what about a jeep? I wouldn't get in a jeep with him either. Anything bigger than what he has right now. Interesting. I wouldn't drive. What about smaller than what he has right now? Yeah, okay, he could drive. Because uh, I've all, oh, also because I've I've, 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 I've had a glimpse of his driving something bigger, and that's because when you used to drive your Mercedes, he drove this really old Mercedes. Back yeah, in the eighties. But like, it like it, that Mercedes it was, was boats. A, it yeah. was a boat. It yeah. was like a. T- it's like when he would turn. It's a grandpa mobile. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he'd actually yeah. do this like he was on a bus, and I saw his turns. Like he'd do like. Three point turns for like any any right turn, uh, and that that is enough for me to go. Yeah, I'm not getting a car. Interesting, like fully metal uh, car. Yeah, I don't trust no. that. I drove an SUV from here to or from yeah here to San Francisco and then back. What SUV? Yeah, it was like one of those like mini like SUVs, you know, okay. it was a Kia Soul or some shit. I've, I've driven a U-Haul before myself. Not, I mean, not, I, I you know, well. I literally, I just, I just got off a big old show loop. I did four shows with in a no row. accidents. We'll point. Yeah, <laughs> four shows in a row, all U-Hauls, right? And, and no mailman was and injured. And they were all in random cities or across the United States. And no mailman yeah. injured. And you know, any no, of those no mailmen have been were hurt. What if know? there was like a string? Like, no one knew until you admitted it. Like, every time you've gone to a city, uh. male vehicles have been vandalized, like, hit and runs. And no one knew until you mm. admitted. And, like, you could actually see where V has been because it's been like yeah. a... Every time there's a convention somewhere. Uh, v, what cities been, have you drove? He's gone to yeah. an anime convention in, like, Dallas. <laughs> and there's, like, six <laughs> crime spree in Dallas. <laughs> Someone keeps attacking the mail trucks. I was, no high, I was hired by Amazon Prime to, to, <laughs> to terrorize them. Mail carriers. Yeah, and no um, one knows that he says like, accidentally just keeps running at the mail trucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole crime spree. I love that. No, but I will tell you right now, okay? Now, we're not going to, we don't need to talk about my violent past with mail trucks. Um, I want to talk about something important, though, because I'm literally, I'm four shows in anime during the convention season, okay, right? right? The Anime Expo is coming up this week. It's the literally the biggest anime convention on the it? West Coast. And I have to tell you, man, I was at an anime convention in Houston two weeks ago called Anime Matsuri, and mm-hmm. I have a problem. Yeah. Is the problem that you don't have any more of your rap snacks? 
Well, yeah, that is what? one thing, right? No, these wrap snacks I bought in Houston, they were amazing. Remember the Cardi B chips? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Christ. yeah. And I also got those, yeah, the, the Migos, the Migos. Cool Ranch. Uh, yeah, sour cream with a dab of Cool Ranch. Skirt! Um... <laughs> Ali's look of so, disapprovement. That was like, I rethought our friendship right that moment. That's all right. I uh, it was worth it actually. Those chips were delicious. Um, so anime, but Surya, this is interesting. I, I noticed this more at this convention than any other anime convention I've done so far, right? But there's this like shirt that a lot of guys are wearing, right? And it's basically just like a bunch of faces mm. of like anime girls like mid orgasm. What? Oh, that's like, got a name. I don't know what it's uh, called. Uh, Agaha or Ahagao or something like that. Some like, yeah. it's, it's a name. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like where the tongue is out and the eyes are crossed and stuff, right? But yeah. there's a bunch. Like literally, I saw this shirt and this jacket being worn by so many people walking by. Yeah. Right, and it's always and this is the weird thing. Well, I guess it's not that weird, but it's always a really stocky kind of fat guy with a big old neck beard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, what? Obviously, it's anime. It's an anime convention, so you're going to see a lot of those guys at an anime convention. Yeah, but yeah, that that face has become. I mean, it's all. I think it's been around for ages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's, as, it's, as long as um, hentai I mean, they made has been a name around. for a damn right. thing, but right? But it's got a, Well, then again, also the Japanese have a name for like everything. Right? That is true. The Japanese and the Germans, right? For whatever reason, they name everything. So like, Germans have like. They have names for like wist, like feelings, like the feeling when someone leaves, but you miss them. Like they have yeah, like a whole, yeah. like they have all sorts of like weird names for things, and I think the Japanese too. So yeah, I think that that is that you know it's indicative of of what anime culture in general, but also like it is kind of disturbing, right? I, yeah, I find it weird because it's the thing is what what kind of makes me what skeeves me a little bit amongst other things, right? Try not, I don't try not to judge people for the for the kinks, right? And that thing. You know, but there is a point now. Like when you when your waifu pillows got girls that look like you know, they're yeah. twelve on there, I have an issue with that. Well I right? think but I mean yeah. part of it is the fact that anime plays into a lot of those very consciously plays into those fetishes. I mean anime comes out of this otaku culture in general, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very awkward. I mean I love. I've always wanted to get into anime. I haven't been able to. Uh I we just met uh, my brother's a big fan of anime. Is he? Yeah, he watches a shit ton of anime on the like, um, Hulu and Netflix accounts. I had, we have actually met uh, at uh, Afghan uh, American Conference at the Afghan American Conference. Uh, a colleague or a friend at the cohort actually recommended. I see. I recommended uh, some some animes for me to get into because I I don't watch anime, oh, yeah. uh, and she watches anime. So she's I was dope. Mm, she's very dope. So I was like, I was very into. I'm okay with getting into anime, but one of my biggest hold like backs was the fact that a lot of anime culture involves certain fetishizations and and, and things that I, I don't quite understand mm-hmm. um i think lolita culture a little bit kind of makes me go huh like, yeah. what's going on there it's a little bit uncomfortable right and that i, I know they, they've, got, they've yeah. got a little work around with it right oh she's technically a 600 year old dragon or something yeah. but still you're kind of going uh, no, not so. And also the the brother sister thing, the weird like that's huge. On, yeah. Onisan or Onichan or yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Like yeah, the yeah. brother, like Onichan. Yeah. yeah, this like weird fetish, like erotic, like and it's I, not always overt. It's not always like sexual, but it's always like this weird tense relationship between brothers and sisters. I don't understand why anime plays into these. These are things that I don't quite understand. I should say. Yeah, yeah. And so course. as a result, I'm, I'm quite hesitant. But that there is something quite disturbing about but grown middle yeah. aged men being obsessed with it. What fast fascinates me is the way that those same guys who go to anime conventions who appreciate something that is a product of a foreign country right Mm -hmm. 
are also part of certain political scenes that co-opt anime for their political purposes, right? Yeah. So, like, we've seen in recent years the use of anime. Like Pepe the Frog. Well, Pepe the so Frog is a, an he's anime. More a meme. He's a meme. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, actual anime characters, right, that have been co-opted in both the left-wing Twitter, which is known as uh, garbage left, right, mm-hmm. or trash left, or garbage left, and alt-right. I, I don't know how many times I'll tweet something political and then get a flurry of people responding, MAGA people responding, and they all have av- avatars or AVIs that are anime girls or even anime girls wearing MAGA hats. And you're just like, what the fudge mm-hmm. is going on here? Well, you know, let's face it. They can't really use what they really look like, right? No. Because, no. you know, you they would just, I mean, if you could atomic wedgie someone... From you know, from a from a remote location, right? You know, like like what what is it, the hand of God slap him with stuff? Yeah, whatever. There's a story about that. Yeah, we'll talk, that's we'll a story talk, for another time. Yeah, we'll talk There's about a, that later. It's a good story, but though. um, yeah, like you know, it's, for that one. I guess it's one of those things where they can't really there's they can't really give you the ammunition against them, right? So right. they're going to obviously put something, and so they just so happen well, to be watching p- anime. Part like, of it, I think, is the concealment, right? The anonymity. Yeah. So let's play these. We'll put up a. Now to be clear, anime shows up more broadly in the nerd culture in general, right? Mm-hmm. So we find, for example, a lot of nerds in the LGBTQ community use uh, anime avatars or, or weeboos or whatnot, right? Uh, fans of, of anime we find, for example, the furry fandom intersects with anime uh, subculture. Yeah, uh, we find so gaming community hugely, right? So there's a lot of subcultures that intersect with anime, but it's this fascination that it's this kind of political component of anime, particularly because a lot of anime is apolitical, right? Yeah. yeah. Tends to be some of the storylines are just kind of bizarre out there but uh they're co-opted into this kind of political discourse so seeing the left and the right both co-opt anime is fascinating yeah. i think for me one it, it stems from the fact that one this is very much uh nerd culture right these the the garbage left and alt-right these are basement dwellers yeah yeah right yeah. but it's also you see this very evidently in the fact that there's a specific construction right you have crusaders and anime girls. Yeah. This, me, that was the weirdest thing at right. this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I texted you. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of people. Yeah. Which, quite frankly, is more than I expected. Full crusader outfit at an anime convention. I'm like, what the yeah. hell does a crusader in full armor and like this, you know, this uh, weird Jeremy Irons, right. you know, cleave him in the butthole Knights Templar thing right. that, uh, you know, they were wearing these like full things armor and they had like anime girl stickers on the helmet well, and there, shit. There was, like, a, there was a tweet uh, that went that showed a, a guy in full uh, anime uh, in full crusader gear uh, holding a waifu pillow. Uh. Right. So a, I think what it does is it kind of highlights the, the fantasy component of it. On one hand, they desire to be crusaders, mm-hmm. right? And on the other hand, they desire waifu. So the two go hand in hand with one another. Yeah, I've, no, I've noticed that. Like, I have a friend who uh, is, I shouldn't say he's a friend. I have a coworker mm. who's um, very hard right. Yeah. But he's like obsessed with anime culture and things like that. You know, like he, like it's this weird fetishization of all things Asian. Mm. Like he's always looking up like Asian women porn and things oh, like geez. that. Yeah. Yeah. At work? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I just want to clarify because the way he said that, I was like, how did you know unless he's doing it at work? Nah, oh. shows us. It's, a, it's like, yeah. That is that I you know the fetishization is a good thing because it was a good thing you brought that up. It's not a good thing. Yeah, but it, I read I like I read an opinion piece. I think it was only the New York Times or something where this girl was talking about well how is it that why is the alt right so fascinated with anime women? Right. And they go it's 
it's like if you look at guys like Richard Spencer, like they'll or you know, you're even like um, you know, like it's kind of the following that girls like Tila Tequila have now, mm-hmm. right? There is this whole thing where there is the misconceptions of, of Asian women that as yeah, docile. Like, oh, right, yeah, yeah like this right. docile, like this model minority right. stuff, but also like there's this like there's also this weird fetish about these kind of docile women having this like insatiable hunger hidden behind Oh, you know, yeah. Like, so the kind of the 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 paradoxical ratio of simultaneously being pure and innocent, mm. and also sex crazy. Yes, lady in the streets and the freak in the sheets. Right, because anime thing, you know? does yeah. play to that a lot, yeah, right? The yeah. women yeah. that are. The, I mean, there's whole uh, anime uh, archetypes, right? The yandere and sundere, I think they're called, of of of, of teases, right? Like they they're. They they can't express their love or they overly express their love. Both exist simultaneously, right? Both yeah, type yeah. of characters. Well, they oh, talk about. I think there was a, a video that Richard Spencer did while he was like in the Philippines, and he was just it was like a Twitter video mm-hmm. where he was like talking about he was talking to this Filipino girl, and he was talking about how it's like his like you know like future male girl or male or girlfriend or some shit. Like it was mm-hmm. like this really weird fetishizing yeah. of a girl. Like mm-hmm. apparently a lot of them do that. Tila Tequila is a Vietnamese American, right? Mm-hmm. And she plays on that. She wore like a Nazi uniform a couple of years ago and yeah. stuff. Like she plays on that kind of Asian fetish of white men and the alt right, mm-hmm. you know. And quite frankly, we live in one of the whitest places in the United States. That's true, right? And I can't tell you how many people grew up talking about how much they loved Asian women or how, how you know how hot yeah. Asian women or how they were, have- right? "Quote unquote yellow yellow fever." The yellow yeah, fever. All of this yeah, is like, ridiculously yeah. gross, right? Any yeah. type of, I mean, and, and but I think it, it's also illustrative of these peoples, and unfortunately, this goes beyond the alt right, right? As you know, like a lot yeah. of people we grew up with fall into this, but how they view women in general, yeah, right? That women are fundamentally objects, yeah. right? They're objects, not even subservient. They're objects, right? Uh-huh. Because they are, they have to be both pure and sex crazed. Yeah. But sex crazed for who? For you, yeah. not for anyone else, right? That they have to play the shy schoolgirl and the succubus all at the same time. That all of it fundamentally is that women only exist purely for the pleasure of men. And that's why you have this idealization. In the same way that they idealize themselves as crusaders, these warriors. I mean, they're basement dwellers, right? A bunch of, sure. a bunch of punchy nerds mm. that haven't seen the daylight in ages living in their mom's basements right who, f- who fantasize themselves as these great warriors for western civilization they're not right they also simultaneously envision themselves with these perfect idealized uh, subservient exotified fetishized women yes right it all goes hand in hand with one another which is why they they, they use to justify that's why I don't have a girl I'm waiting for the right girl oh. I'm waiting for the perfect girl you over here <laughs> fucking tipping your fedora at women if, if I was lady. if I lived in Japan I'd have a girlfriend shut out of here shut up how many I swear I've heard that I've heard that right yeah like yeah that was a th- that that was an interesting thing, and it's really funny because there was a whole business in Asia based solely on on jumping on that yellow fever thing just to get citizenship and oh, to basically like I when I was working at the hotel, I worked yeah. at a hotel the whole yeah. time, and there was a a thing I can tell you like from personal experience, I have served so many tables of like white men, uh-huh. older white men a lot of time, yeah. with young. Asian women. I've seen that a lot. Right. And like well. a lot of the time, and then I was talking to someone about it because someone was going through uh, like a divorce or something. He went, well, basically you go over there, you know, they, you know, you basically get a wife somewhere in Asia. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they, it's this really weird capitalist, 
capitalistic ideas. Like somehow I went over there and I, I like got a wife, quote unquote, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they come back and like I guess what the the quote unquote scam is, is that she basically will hang around for a while, get citizenship, mm-hmm. be there long enough that she can basically like you know be able to live pretty mm-hmm. comfortably if they were divorced and to like get family over, right? Mm-hmm. And then she basically leaves them. Well, I think, right? well, like, I think also we should point out that even the word scam implies, right, the word scam implies that they, there's agency on their part. And perhaps in some instances they are, but the relationship is asymmetrical. Yeah. This is a wealthy individual with extreme yeah. privilege, often going into countries and regions that are quite poor. So it's not just Japan, for example. You see Southeast Asia in particular, right? Yeah. Yeah. Indonesia, the Philippines, yeah, uh, Vietnam, a lot. A lot. Yeah. And what happens is that you, you go into these areas and... And you exploit and you take advantage of the poverty and you take advantage uh-huh. of someone who's looking for an escape or someone who's looking for some form of stability and whatnot. And also remember, marriage means different things culturally, right? In a lot of places, marriage doesn't, you know, there's a very strong belief that marriage, you know, the emotional component of marriage grows. Mm-hmm. Prearranged marriages exist in South Asia and Southeast Asia, yeah. uh, even in places like Central Asia yeah, as just well. Just watch the show 90 Day Fiance. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, but the, the, the thing is that we, sh- we talk about stuff like that in America in terms of 90 day fiance it's yeah. a reality TV thing right mm-hmm. oh you know it's an experiment or we talk about it in terms of sister wives right mm-hmm. but when other people do it brown people do it or or Asian people do it right they're then, then there we're talking about oh it's an industry it's a scam or it's right. a whatnot, right and the reality is that these old white men are predators yeah right mm-hmm. uh, not only are they marrying these women who come from private but they often married, as you rightly pointed out, very young women, yeah. right? Yeah. Big age gaps. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a prude. If there's an age gap, you know, you do you, you know, December May relationships, whatever they call them, yeah, right? Yeah. You do you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't but come. There's back. like a 45 year age gap. You know, as long as everyone's within the age of consent and no one's a teenager, and even at age of consent, I'm iffy with. Right? It's like, you shouldn't be marrying anyone in their teens. Yeah, right? I don't give a shit. Yeah, 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 they're just not. That teen. It's not okay, right? Yeah. But if you're, if there's a big gap, it's not my business. It's weird, but it's not my business. But it's predatory in these instances, right? Because it's not just age gap. It's age gap. It's wealth gap. It's education yeah, yeah, yeah. gap. It's all these different gaps. It's power gap. And that's the big thing. When you talk about age gaps like these, you're talking about power gaps. And that's, that's yeah. and but that's what they fantasize, right? So these these anime people imagine themselves as those in sort of aspirational form yeah, as those rich wealthy old, rich men, yeah. I'm just gonna I don't feel bad for yeah. any of those Woody Allen motherfuckers all I have yeah, to you know? do is go to Japan and I'll find a wife women yeah. here they're impure right? that's that mentality and you really yeah. see it amongst this this, this alt right and it intersects with race and it intersects with these kind of notions of ethno-nationalism notions of purity right oh well white women are they're dating other guys mm-hmm. yeah. right they're dating brown guys and black guys yeah, and right. other guys guys right well asians they like us right? there's a racial component to it like there's a racial yeah. fetishization to that to that to the yellow fever which is really horrible horrible yellow way fever of me bad thing to say it's i'm glad i hit your mail truck now yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, <huh? laughs> wow dude um i don't know you were talking about toxicity on twitter with like um anime characters and stuff so there was uh, a, a member of the uk parliament uh, yeah. her, her name is Joanna Catherine Cherry. Yeah, uh, of the Queen's Council. No, oh, wow. and of the Scottish National Party. Yeah, right. which is uh, looking for independence. Yes, mm. sort of. They um, were. So she was talking uh, to the head of the UK's like 
Twitter or the Twitter head of the UK's government, right? Yeah. Uh, Kathy. Yeah, the UK Minto. is going through real serious conversations about free speech, mm. Twitter, and social media. Way more than we are. They're holding Facebook and Twitter accountable. Yeah. So she posted, she showed this picture, right, mm. of Lily from Zombieland Saga, right, yeah. to demonstrate. Who to, is to be, who is, I believe, one of the first openly the canonical tra- yeah. trans characters. Yes. There's a lot of, the anime plays a lot of gender bending, but I think this is yeah. the only, the first. Like ultimately heteronormative, though, like the whole yeah, yeah. Futa thing or whatever it is. Like, Well, there's yeah. also like the idea of a, of a trap and all that. Like, so there's, they, they've always played gender bending, right? I think the. Mm-hmm. Right, like the, androgynous, the, androgynous, and as well as the the the, the sort of cross dressing. Yeah. But this is, I think, the first openly trans uh, character, canonically trans character. Yeah. So, the original tweet said, "Shut the fuck up, turf." Right. Mm. So turf is uh, trans exclus- exclusionary radical feminists. Yes, right? these are a group of people who use feminist language to uh, promote transphobia. Yeah. The argument that uh, trans women aren't women so they're very transphobic they tend to be uh, older uh, feminists and they now call themselves uh, gender critical feminists Mm -hmm. that argue that gender is not a social construct but is uh, biologically determined which in many ways is sort of a weird reversal of what second wave and third wave feminism was even about in the first place but it is what it is but the the turf is the sort of the what people call them yeah Uh, so the original like quote said shut the fuck up turf uh a joanna cherry printed it out that said shut the fuck up cunt right oh, so she made it more okay she made it more like vulgar to yeah. kind of just show how toxic twitter could be yeah um and how people hide behind like anime and things like that on twitter and it's it, it, you brought it up earlier it is a thing that happens like anytime you tweet something from the currently nerdy yeah. page it's like against the right yeah you know we we get it all the time yeah you know? so i think anime plays an interesting cultural language of memeing is the other part mm-hmm. that we should be talking about. So like on one hand you have the fetish look what V and I are talking about is idealization, fetishization and identity, right? Yeah. And then what you're talking about here is uh also internet lingo. Correct. So anime has made a, its way into internet lingo and I think a, in a way that maybe only the office has and maybe a couple other things that like like true cultural artifacts right like mm-hmm. everybody recognizes it right mm-hmm. and i think anime does this to a certain extent you see a lot of anime memes um and they're they can be both powerful in the case of this shut the fuck up turf is a way of of one utilizing a openly a trans, character. trans character and speaking to someone who is more powerful than you more often not uh trans exclusionary feminine radical feminists and uh quote-unquote gender critical fem- these transphobes speak from positions of power yeah. they are professors they are journalists uh, they gary are Le- G- G- gary liner from or, or what's his name gary liner is it glenn liner whatever his name is the guy who is a very famous british writer uh-huh. uh, is very open transphobic but they coach it in the language of feminism so they speak in in very from a position of power so anime can offer people a way of kind of responding to that power right using the cultural language shut the fuck up turf right on the other hand it can also be weaponized uh, against people in the case for example us we're all people of color who are tweeting from currently nerdy and we get anime as a sort of abuse directed towards us right so and it's interesting that it's become the language 
of the internet, both in memes and in gifs yeah. and in variety and avatars that it's it's permeated in the entire way. And so it's it's bizarre to think about that we're now thinking of politics with an anime bent. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what are the honestly like what do the archaeologists, the historians, the anthropologists say? Fifty years. Or, like, well, I, I said this the other day. Yeah. Like, who, who, who? How do we do archives? Right? Yeah. It's, like, it's gonna be really weird. This avatar of like you know, you know, come shot three six six or whatever mm-hmm. with an anime avatar of a of, of some chick right has tweeted this one thing and that's gonna be in your footnote. Like, how do you do? It's gonna be very bizarre in that regard. But also in some instances, I think the anonymity component is a recognition that. You're tweeting out in the public sphere. You're yeah. shouting out. Like so the people who do like who who take very interesting stances, I think some of these right wing Twitter people, right wing writers, they don't realize like this stuff is gonna end up in archives. These things are gonna be gonna in textbooks. Them. In the same way that we remember segregationists and, and people who opposed integration, we're gonna remember yeah. the people tweeting out against the LGBTQ community or who are alt right or whatnot. Like they don't realize how permanent it is. So to some extent I think the anime people are a little bit more understanding of it. And so that's why they hide behind anime yeah, avatars. They hide behind their faces. The anonymity yeah. there is necessary. Either as a survival tactic because you are a marginalized person, you are you're a transgender or you're LGBTQ and you're not out mm-hmm. or you have political views that you're afraid might risk your work or because you have repugnant and horrible views and you right? don't want people to, and you don't want people to find yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. We live in a weird society. So sort of spe- along the lines of like pe- things that people tweet out and permanent records and whatnot, uh, there's been a lot of kind of controversy recently about uh, Antifa and a Quillette activist slash wannabe journalist, Andy Nyo, who, who uh, was uh, attacked in Portland uh, recently. Um, this is kind of a, an interesting moment where, we, again, we kind of see that like, do you realize Twitter's public? Like, mm-hmm. you really want to tweet that? It is okay. All right, sure, go for it. Um, but he was, uh, you know, uh, there was this incident. There was this protest that was happening in Portland. Yeah. So he went to like this Proud Boy protest, and then counter protesters came, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was egging them on, right? mm-hmm. as he tends to do. Mm-hmm. He had his GoPro on him, and he had his fucking phone on him, like live streaming and recording. So he's egging people on. And people start throwing milkshakes at him, mm-hmm. right? Now, he's claiming that there was cement in these milkshakes. Yeah. Right? No, that's unverified. But the people that threw the milkshakes said, no, they were vegan-friendly coconut milkshakes, right? <laughs> so, um, And silly-stringed. Yeah, he got silly-stringed. But then a few people did start punching him in the face, mm-hmm. right? So he did get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went there with the intentions of stirring up the crowd. Right, mm. like he went in there to try to piss people off and gain a reaction, and he got the reaction. Right, yeah. so like we should be clear here. I think a lot of the coverage of this has been really broken in some regards, and it's a really good reminder of how well the right wing does at framing these conversations. So a lot of the conversation is about Andy Nyo, who's who's a gay Asian son of immigrant, being attacked by white people in masks, Antifa, right? Yeah. Um, and to be clear, none of us on this podcast condone violence in any no, way, shape, or form. 
I don't think Andy should be punched or attacked or anything. Milkshake, but, maybe. But, but the claim that that he's an in, sort of an innocent bystander who got attacked misplaces the the actual locus of the violence. First and foremost, these things are happening where Portland, Oregon. Ask yourself why they're happening in Portland, Oregon. Why isn't Andy in Texas? Why isn't Andy elsewhere? It's because the Proud Boys have been deliberately bussing into progressive Portland, Oregon, seeing it as their personal battlefield. Antifa is a response to violence. Now, here's something I wanted to, to like bring up with Antifa. Right yeah. now, when you hear Antifa, you based on like news articles and things that you're seeing. You think of like this big scary organization of people that are. Antifa is not an organization, yeah, first or of all. A group of people that yeah. are wearing masks. But people talk about it as it's an organization. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It literally stands for anti fascism. Yeah. Right? These people are against fascists. Historically, anti-fascists were the people who fought against Mussolini. They fought against the Nazis. These were grassroots movements of people often protecting their cities. Generally, yeah. it was a, a block or a corner or a borough or some area that they would organize kind of ad hoc, impromptu, to defend against fundamentally state violence and the supporters of state violence. Now, now most people don't realize is that fascists early on don't often come about via the police they come about the supporters of the state so not always it's not always military guys showing up it's people who ascribe to the ideology the brown shirts the black shirts etc the the thugs on the street yeah that they fight against now i i don't like that they're co-opting that as well uh, uh, co-opting that like changing that language right no. to make it seem like rebranding it to make it seem like these people mm -hmm. are worse and more militant than they actually are yeah um but they use coded language, right? Mm -hmm. What do they call Antifa and Black Lives Matter activists? Terrorists. Terrorists, thugs, yeah. right? Like these are the words that are used to like to describe mm -hmm. these people, right? But you have a president, a sitting president in the United States right now, who said that neo Nazis mm -hmm. walking down the street, marching Jews will not replace us, have good people. Mm -hmm. on those sides you know there's good people on both sides yeah well i think that's the the issue here is like that the framing here is a both sideism thing right so oh proud boys are bad anti-fascists are bad but the reality is that the, again the proud boys are being bust they are bussing themselves into a progressive area they are organizing attacks they are organizing uh, uh you know assaults they come in with weapons i mean i've talked about this in various talks that i've given various lectures the way they co-opt roman military uh, uh aesthetics right so they wear shields and helmets and sticks and literally i mean the base stick man right like that yeah, yeah. that's the problem that's the right wing they come in with weapons to attack antifa in other regards whether you agree or disagree with their methods right you could disagree with them but you have to notice that they're they are a they are violence in response to, to violence, violence which means right. that it's self-defense right now i'm not saying that the people who punched andy are doing it out of self-defense but i'm saying that there's a broader social context here now Andy has a, a history of being allied. Andy Neal has a history of being allied with the Proud Boys. As much as he tries, you know, to, to, to claim that he's not or he's just a journalist, he's not. To call him a journalist is a disservice to journalism. Mm -hmm. He is a right-wing activist whose claim to fame is attacks on minority and marginalized communities. He wrote a Wall Street Journal article where he went to England and he talked about how, oh, the Muslims have taken over. There are no go zones. And he was scared because all he saw were, were women and burkas ah, and and the people who 
live there were like, we live here. It's nothing what he described. In other words, he fear-mongered. He deliberately fear-mongers amongst these communities. But that's not just all he does is fear-mongering. He deliberately ha uh, cultivates, uh, 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 you know, um, a whole cadre of trolls that target people. What he does, for example, during the Jesse Smollett situation is list everyone along with their employment who had s tweeted out in support of Jesse Smollett, all exposing every single one of those people to right-wing trolls who then got calls to their places of employment. In other words, he bolsters, he doesn't enable, he actively supports and encourages these actions using social media, using his film, using his GoPro. He goes in, for example, uh, just recently, he's been implicated in a very violent attack in which Proud Boys tipped him off, allegedly tipped him off, uh, to an attack that they were going to launch on an Antifa gathering site where a woman had her vertebrae fractured by a metal rod. Oh, he went in advance to set up his camera in order to gain them viral uh, cred, literally acting as their cameraman. Then he went out of his way to dox the woman that got assaulted. Okay. Her full wow. name released. He then went and took pictures of the roster of Antifa, posted it online, doxing all of those people until that post was forcibly taken down by Twitter. He's not a passive journalist observing or reporting. He is an activist who goes in and uses his platform to mm -hmm. enable not just passively complicit, but actively enable and support the Proud Boys by resituating the, the narrative to saying Antifa is the violent ones. Antifa is violent in response to the violence. You're doxing them, you're threatening them, you're attacking them with sticks and shields and batons and breaking vertebrae, and then somehow it becomes a both sides thing. This is the success of right-wing narrative here. You have one side throwing milkshakes and maybe a couple punches, right? The other side is driving cars into people. Yep. The other side is shooting up synagogues. The other side is shooting up mosques. But he goes out of his way to talk about hate crimes as hoaxes. So that he's not only a person who is an activist, but he literally provides a disinformation campaign that allows fascists to carry out the violence that they do. And mm -hmm. that is, I think, something that gets lost in this conversation. I'm not supportive in any way, shape, or form of him getting punched. He's a dweeb, and he should be treated like a dweeb. Yeah. He's not important, and in the, grand, in the grand scheme of history, he's going to be remembered for what he is. A fascist. A fascist and enabler who tries to pretend that he's not everybody who is an objective observer any historian who's going to write his legacy will know him for exactly what he is i don't think he should be punched but we also shouldn't be playing this both side game or acting like he's some type of victim when there is this broader context of his contribution to violence mm -hmm. yeah and you know that little ghoul face double agent <laughs> double agent <laughs> yeah you know like this <laughs> Damn, I swear to God, man, this guy pissed me off so much. Is it because he's also a Vietnamese American? Yes, one hundred percent. I get it. But yeah. you know, you know, being being that I am forgiving him, being I'm, I would also do not wish violence on him. It's like how we feel about Omar Kudrat. He probably feels about Andy Ngo, mm. right? Yeah, you so, know, I mean, yeah, I think you told me about him before, but yeah. like, it's neither here nor there, yeah. right? I think what the issue is for me is that a guy like Andy Ngo is like. He is, because I, I didn't know this until you told me before, Ali, but, you know, he, he is a gay man, yeah, you know, and, you know, he, well, the reason why I call him a double agent is that, you know, there, he uses a lot of those, a lot of those things in order to kind of shield himself from the same criticisms while also using it 
to protect yeah. the old right or the problem yeah, is right like that's a that's a good point in many ways i think some of the things that he said if a white person had said them they'd face criticism about being gay and vietnamese or an immigrant or whatnot right or the children a son of an immigrant he's uh-huh. able to kind of shield himself well i can't be racist or i can't be misogynistic i can't be transphobic yeah i can't be homophobic or, right like there's very clear yeah yeah that's right. I, could say I mean that. they use that right and then they also but the thing is though this is this is tokenization at the, at the worst possible level yeah. in my uh-huh. opinion yeah right? it's always interesting like, that the right really does play up identity politics even though they say they don't it's that weird thing i've noticed a lot of a lot of people that i know jump on that tokenism right because they think but it's rarely for the cause that they right. that they are f- rallying for right they look uh, and we saw this with with uh uh Yannopoulos, milo yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you were having a seizure. Yeah, no, right. yeah. What is it? Yeah, Yannopoulos. Yana- Yannopoulos. Okay, sorry, Yannopoulos. Yeah. So you know, he was he was they were they were his biggest cheerleader for a long time, right? The second they defanged him, though, mm. the second that he no longer had the clout mm-hmm. and the credibility that they needed to look like, yeah. they were you know that they were okay with gay people, mm-hmm. right? They really, they dropped his ass real quick, yeah, you know, and it's no different from anyone else. Like, how is this any different from any of these? You know, what are what are those? Um, I, I'm sorry, I forgot. Mm. Is it sugar and spice? What what is the name of those? Diamond and silk. Diamond and silk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like I was, I'm sorry, like, I didn't yeah, yeah. mean to be disrespectful. But really, yeah, I had yeah. no, I don't remember <laughs> what their name was. But like you know, like there's they don't they have no problem putting minorities and people who happen to agree with them in the forefront, yeah. right? Simply to kind of prove that they aren't what people already know they are. Right, right. right? And I think that's I think you're hitting on something really important here that there's both a tokenization in terms of like what the movement itself is doing, like the right is doing, right? They're putting forth these people. But there's also a deliberate, on their own end, like the individual, like the Andes of the world and the Diamond and Six of the world, they capitalize on that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. to, to kind of shield themselves from criticism, but also go, well, we're not this, look. And also recognizing that because the field is completely open, right? That they can make, it's a grift. Yeah, they can make grift. money. They can oh. make money and fame and clout from all this. Did you guys ever watch Dear uh, White People on Netflix? I, I have not, but I, I will point out that this is not unique. This is white supremacy, colonialism, empire has always had minority masks. People that they co-opt or use to justify their act, and people who very willingly, I mean, you, you could see the history of this in, 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 uh, from Nazism to colonialism to empire. I mean, there's literally what we, in anthropology were called native informants, individuals yeah, who worked yeah. with the colonists on behalf of the colonists as as people to basically make colonialism more palatable. We should be more like the colonists. We should be more like the Europeans. Look, they're right. And they would adopt European standards and practices, mannerisms, and even language in order to become accepted. And in turn, the colonists would look at our civilization influence look at how tolerant we are oh look your own people agree with us no that one person agrees with you yeah right? it's, then, it's the equivalent of i have a black friend right right well, from see, a political you standpoint you see yeah, this like, very much on the right the right uh decries identity politics until it can use identity politics to its favor right yeah. if you're a gay conservative if you're a black conservative if you're a right winger who happens to be a woman guess what you're going to get yeah. amplified the problem is that it's no longer just a matter of being a conservative people like Andy Neo are very openly um, enabling and supporting and encouraging the worst of the right 
Proud Boys, Race Science. I mean, he literally practically was talking about phrenology on his. Oh, on his, wow. He's talking wow. about how, like, literally that. Like that brain sizes. He was talking about how race is indicative of things like intelligence and whatnot, whereas the consensus among scientists is that it's not true. And yet he, he argues that, oh, well, people don't understand science. Well, neither do you, honey. Yeah. I mean, you're not, is you're that not, why they love prune faced Dinesh D'Souza so much? They love Dinesh oh, yeah. D'Souza because he's a brown face that tells them yeah. everything grew, is good with white people, right? Because who was that? What was the lady that Kanye aligned with for a second? Candace and then, Owens. Candace Owens. Candace that, Owens. That's another one, right? So there's always, minorities have always played masks for white supremacy. These are what I call the, the minority mask of white supremacy, right? Uh-huh. Always exists, whether it's a brown face, a black face, or whatnot. They've always been around. In this case, Andy Neo relies on the fact that he's a minority and he happens in a variety of different ways to support, enable, and protect white supremacy to the best of his ability. Go look at his writings. Go look at his writings. No objective observer can see him for anything other than anti-Muslim, anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans writer. I mean, he literally, very openly about it. But because narratives of both sidism exist and because he's a minority, no one's willing to call that out. Well, fact is, that's who he is. The great news is the Trump administration will pass. This political moment will pass. All this stuff will go away eventually. And when it does... It'll become clear who you were. I mean, they don't realize this, right? But we will remember you like we remember the segregationists. Yep. We will remember you like we remember the Confederates. You can pretend, yeah, enjoy the clout while it lasts. Enjoy yeah. the GoFundMe while it lasts. Fuck, I mean, 165K on this GoFundMe so far. Yeah, enjoy that. It will fade eventually. But is there, I mean, is there redemption for anyone in that on that side? Like, really? Because at this no, point, have they I gone too far? No, that there's no yeah, longer... Yeah, sure, people can change. I don't believe... Redemption is... You have to work at it. I, yeah. Don't ask me about redemption. I'll tell you when redemption happens when they actually make an effort for it. <laughs> the idea that they... Oh, I, I disavow what I used to say? Yeah, that's not redemption. Go yeah, it's in. bullshit. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys... I want to, we haven't done a Patronus in a long time. Very long time. Right? And I wanted to bring a Patronus up because I felt like it was kind of fitting. Man. Right? Because we were talking about anime and stuff and mm. about that weird sexuality that comes out of it. Mm. We talked about that ghoul face double agent ending O, right? Mm. And, you know, that weird all right. if he says it? Because, like, mm. if you and I said that, it would be deemed racist. racist right? I don't know. And about how the alt-right, you know, how somehow yellow fevered both of them mm. for whatever reason, right? Now... There is a thing in Japan, right? And it's a big issue that's been happening a lot, mm-hmm. right? Over the past probably 30 years ago, they're called Chikan, right? Like we're talking about the labeling, right? Where it's these guys who literally go. And it's a, it's also it's also a, a type of, of uh, porn, mm-hmm. right? Where like men will go on like public train stations and grope women and stuff. It's right? an epidemic in Japan right now. They're actually putting in all sorts of apps, tools to deal with with uh, groping and yeah. And it's like, it's like it goes there. It's like literally like it's. it's it goes anywhere from young men to older men to businessmen, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's and an talk app about, now. There's all sorts of things. Yeah. There's some shocking statistics saying that, like you know, of like of of the of the women who who they talk to, something like seventy percent of them say they've been groped at one point on it. It's uh, an epidemic. It's so, epidemic. Yeah, so they the like they, they started like you know like women only buses and like women only train stations and stuff, right? Holy to try shit. to combat this shit, right? It's a yeah. whole. It's, I mean, they gave a name for it, right? Now there's a video out there that I was that was great because it's um. The platform at the uh, Akebane station in Tokyo, okay. right? And it's these two girls in schoolgirl outfits, right? Uh-huh. Now, when I first saw it, I was like, crap, I'm on the wrong website in incognito mode right now. Turns out, 
it was an actual legitimate news website. Jeez. Mm, right? And it was these girls, and they're in a train station, right? And mm-hmm. they're chasing after this kind of this, like, fat... 30-something-year-old Asian man. They're running after him <laughs> because they were screaming at him that he that he, that he he touched one of them in the boob. Oh, shit. Right? So they're And he's running for his life. Mm-hmm. And these girls are chasing after him trying to beat his ass. Right? And there's a guy who, like, notices that he's running from them. And she, they're screaming that he touched her. So he trips the dude. Mm. And they get on top of him. And then, then they start... Uh, and then they arrest him. Right? So I want to kind of give these two women, as well as this good Samaritan, our Patronus of the Week. Patronus of the Week. For, uh, for you know, for helping the, them take this fucking... the energy we try to, we yeah. try to support as much That's as where we, we condone violence. If you see a man groping a woman unsolicitedly, you beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's end this podcast on a violent note. Yeah. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. What do you think about this kind of intersection of anime and politics? What are your thoughts about uh, Antifa and, and the Proud Boys? Uh, let us know what your, you know, the conversation. Is there, is there, you know, a way to kind of deal with this situation? Is there a way to kind of address the both sides of bullshit? Can we recap the narrative? I mean, I want to say that the, there's nothing more. No word is more of a favorite word for for right wingers than narrative, mm. media narrative this, media narrative that. Right? What what are your thoughts about this? And you can let us know by getting hold of us via social media. It is yes, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr currently nerdy.tumblr.com, YouTube, YouTube.com/slash currently nerdy. Uh, we're on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes podcast app. Make sure you give us a five star rating and a review, please. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, I can get a hold of you. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTRAN214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214 on my website at thesandwichslayer.com. Elite. You can catch me on my website at aliolomi.com or on Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I or on our sister podcast, Head on History, which is going to be releasing some really cool content soon. Diz. Yes, you can find me everywhere at DizBulla. But before we leave... We got two new reviews that I want to read. Mm. First one comes from Zakia B. She says, oh my God, how did I just find this podcast? These guys are amazing. And I think that Diz guy beat me in basketball. Yes, I did. I did beat you in basketball. Uh, Second is from Fantasy Football Every Day. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. It's an honest conversation about everything life touches. I thoroughly enjoy how each personality feeds off each other and adds something to the show. Um, Everyone should download and listen. These guys are legit. Thank, Thank you, you for both of you. That's a fantastic. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the currently nerdy empire. Unless you're a racist white bastard. <laughs>